views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, board staff, or underwriters. Good day. You are listening to Ability Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Headley Lamond of the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. And today we have a reappearance of a phenomenal expert. He doesn't like me to call him an expert. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll correct me on that. On plants. His name is Errol Chichester, and he self-identifies as a person who knows some stuff. So good day. Good day. <laughs> good morning. How are you? I am doing very well, and I'm so glad that you've agreed to join us today. This is very important, um, how we can sustain ourselves in our community. You know, we're now facing a new year, yeah, 2024, yeah. and we need to know how to better take care of ourselves. Um, you've identified yourself as a plant enthusiast. Totally. Totally. Mm. Tell us about that. I love plants. Anything that grows. Mm -hmm. I love plants. I love a challenge, especially. I love to grow stuff that's difficult to grow or uh, things that most people wouldn't attempt to. I like to I don't conquer uh, mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, again, one of the plants that I have a lot of issues growing is a fruit called rambutan. Uh -huh. I love that fruit and I've tried several times I'm, and I'm not very successful. I'm partially successful, but I'll get there. So what does rambutan look like? I've heard rambutan looks like a spiny uh, red fruit with, with soft spines. Uh, lovely fruit from Asia, Thailand specifically. There are a couple of fruits from that particular area. Rambutan, Longan and lychee. Uh, longan grows locally very nicely, produces very well, produce, produces abundantly. Rambutan grows yeah but it, it's 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 a challenge it's a challenge and I'm, I'm working at it i guess because we have limited uh water here in the territory we have limited rainfall I, and it grows in high rainfall areas and I, that's one of the issues but mm -hmm. i'll get there okay well, mm -hmm. what what are the rainy seasons we have two correct um our well, rainy season primarily primarily and traditionally mm -hmm. starts around september however it doesn't always go that route right. uh, our highest rainfall season tradition month traditionally is november November and some so sometimes rain go from September all the way up to January February and again with climate change and the other conditions that have, that's that's affecting weather pattern it's not guaranteed we also usually get a little rain in April May we see April showers bring May flowers sometimes right. it comes sometimes it doesn't okay you know so you have to I mean sometimes you anticipate oh I'm gonna plant such and such and such because right. the rain is gonna rain in April and May and then sometimes it never comes wow okay that's we have no control. Right. We, we, we certainly don't. We certainly don't. So you like to grow up. You seem to have a passion about tropical fruits. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So yes. What, 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 what kinds of fruits are we talking about? Yeah. Um, most of us are familiar with mango, avocado, some of those basic fruits. But I, they, they think called lychee and there is rambutan and then atimoya and cherry moya and ilalma. Those are all what we call anonas. The anonas are fruits that have multiple seeds around a central core. Mm -hmm. So the custard apple, the sugar apple, ilalma, rolina. Those are all what we call anona. They are, they mm -hmm. are very similar. Have, I'm going to say multiple seeds, like 30, 40 seeds sometime in one fruit around a central crow. Hmm. And um, so those I grow, uh, things like um, there's a fruit called bilimbi or sourry, very sour fruit, but it's some people like sour things anyhow. Mm -hmm. And then there is um, peanut fruit. Um, you got what I've been growing lately too, is something that is very common around the Virgin Islands, especially St. Croix. Mm -hmm. But 
their varieties that are huge, and that's Jojo. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the Jojo that we grow locally are very small, maybe anywhere from a dime to a quarter in size, but they're Jojo that gets as big as a small apple. Wow. And I, I'm growing some of those, and that's that's very rewarding too. Then you have things like um, different types of guavas. You have uh, egg fruit, and that's big, that's a big thing now. Folks, you use egg fruit in smoothies and in uh, cakes and pies and breads. Really? And okay. um, egg fruit is something that came around here, I would say about 25 years ago. It's not, it's not traditionally a crop that we normally grow in the Fortune Islands, but mm-hmm. it has established here about 25 years now, and it's, it's in very high demand. Um, for what? Especially for, for, for making smoothies mm-hmm. and making shakes and making juices and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've spoken to folks who have been making bread and cakes it, it again, egg fruit is a very um, dense fruit. It, mm-hmm. it it looks like the yolk of a boiled egg, mm-hmm. and um, it's very soft. It's not one of my favorites. It's, it's not. It's not one of my favorite. It's not. Okay. I mean, I grow a lot of it. I have about it's confession time, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite, but I tell you, there are folks yeah. who loved it. Wow. There are folks who love it, okay. and they would do. They would. They would pay a good okay. price for it. Huh. I rem- remember a couple of years ago, I went to St. Thomas to a fair down at the Bodo Market, and I saw a friend of mine, classmate of mine from UVI, and she said, um, I saw it at egg fruit. I said, well, you got egg fruit. I got so much egg fruit. She says, yeah, I just paid $20, uh, $20 for that. I said, excuse me. Wow. So she, her husband comes over quite frequently from St. Thomas to St. Christ. So whenever he comes over, I just load him up with egg fruit. And she yeah. loves it. She freezes it, and uh-huh. she makes juice and jams and all different things from it. But um, wow. it's a very sought after fruit, especially in St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll pay f- real good for that fruit. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm Making an assumption that our our agricultural capacity is greater in St. Croix than it is in St. Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Correct? Uh, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I would imagine that the produce capacity is somewhat restricted. Yeah, yeah, and, and there are a number of farmers here on St. Croix that grows crop in abundance, and they send a lot of stuff to St. Thomas, so the supermarkets in St. Thomas. I mean, mm-hmm. I could mention two right off the bat. is a brother named um, Badu mm-hmm. and Grantly Samuel. I mean, they would send... Um, cucumbers and peppers and um, plantains to St. Thomas in abundance. You wow. know, so we yeah we do um, produce much more in St. Croix. Um, we could do more, yeah. uh, you know, and I, and I wish that more of us, even on the home front, mm-hmm. would do more. Yes, there are quite a number of us that grow crops around our homes, or around our yards, and that type of stuff. But I think we more of us could get involved. Mm-hmm. Because I'm one who feel that you shouldn't have to buy everything that you consume. Right. And it is for me, it is so, the, from where I sit, it mm-hmm. is so easy to grow stuff. Uh, I mean, tomato. You don't have to have a significant amount of land to grow stuff. You could grow stuff in parts. A two-gallon pot is mm-hmm. significant. You'll grow tomato, bell pepper, eggplant, okra, and you'll be surprised. So let's say you have six pots, mm-hmm. and you have a different crop in each pot. That's, I mean, that, and it yeah. doesn't take a lot of time or effort. Right. Once you get whatever pot in medium you're going to use, whether it is regular soil or you get pot and mix from the store or mm-hmm. hardware store, you could get your seedlings from the Department of Agriculture or you could start your own. Or if you have a friend or a neighbor who is growing stuff, you could get seedlings from them, put them in a pot, and 
it doesn't take you more than 10 minutes per day to put a little water on those plants. Mm-hmm. And in little or no time, you'll be surprised as to the results of your efforts. And again, there are many of us who do little gardening, little home gardening, mm-hmm. but I think much more of us could and should. So what's, when's the optimum time to water, let's say, okay, your so plants? <coughs> Your garden. It depends on the type of irrigation system you're going to use, and there are different ways. You could water by watering can, you could water by a hose, you could water by drip irrigation system, and drip irrigation system for persons who have a little larger plot. But mm-hmm. if you're going to water by hand, um, preferably I prefer to water in the morning time mm-hmm. because you don't want the water, if you're watering by hand, that means you're wetting the foliage. You don't want to have foliage wet overnight because that could mm. promote disease and that type of stuff. So you okay. want to water during the morning so that the plant could take that water up and utilize the water. The foliage would be dry by the time the night set in. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're watering with drip irrigation system, that that's a hose that lay on the ground and it drips on the ground so you don't have to, wa- you don't have to worry about the foliage getting wet. Okay. So it depends on the type of watering system you're going to use. And I know a lot of folks like to water the foliage of the plant thinking that it does something for <laughs> the plant. Giving it a shower. I give it a shower. But um, I, I mean, plant roots take up water and nutrients. And, and as such, that's where the water should be placed hmm. on, in the ground. Okay. So what do you do with all these fruits that you're growing? <sighs> I have grown and given away fruits for a number of years. And again, because for me, it is not about making a buck from those fruits. It's about the challenge and the effort in getting those fruits, fruits grown. Mm-hmm. But lately, I've been doing a little sales. Mm-hmm. And um, again, even at that point, I still give away <laughs> a significant <laughs> amount of what I grew. You know, because I mean, and, and I, I love to encourage persons also to, mm-hmm. to taste and to grow. And most of the fruits that I do give away, folks will say, oh, where can I get a plant of that? And that excites me. And mm-hmm. I assist them in also acquiring a plant so they could grow their own. And a lot of the plants, people, the fruits people, they really like them. And, oh, I've never tasted that before. I've never seen that before. A good example is the purple sugar apple. And, I mean, a lot of folks have never seen the pr- purple skin. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of a crocodile, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I hope you got to taste. I did. It was wonderful. <laughs> it is beautiful. It was wonderful, yes. And that was a lo- nice, yeah, lovely one. It was. That your yes. husband uh, yes. collected. It was a beautiful it was fruit. Fantastic. And I And I was happy that we were able to catch it before the birds. Right. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> but, yes, so even the purple sugar apple, fruit, I've never seen this before. What can I get a seed? Where can mm-hmm. I get a plant? And I feel good because then... They will get a plant and then another person will f- find out about it and, or they will share the information and that will spread. And those are the type of things that I like to initiate ideas mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and get people involved. And to me, I'm happy then right. because right. folks are getting involved in things that I like. And once you have an interest, I don't mind helping you in terms of uh, indicating to you care, t- how to plant and that type of stuff. Those stuff is... I mean, I feel good inside being able to help folks establish and do what I like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you've been doing some training. 
Yeah. Where have you been doing some training? Let's let's talk about that because I was really intrigued. You you mentioned you were doing some things at the university. You were doing some things at the um, at the prison. Right. Tell us about that. Well, presently we are conducting a that will turn out to be like maybe twelve to fourteen a week's vegetable. Uh, garden program at the BOC. Mm-hmm. Um, Bureau uh, of Corrections. Bu- Bureau of Corrections. Uh-huh. Um, the project was one initiated by the University of the Virgin Islands Corporate Extension Service in conjunction with the prison and Mr. Stafford Crossman, who is the director there, asked me to get involved. So I'm involved in that. Uh, Dr. Trees, who is also a pest management extension agent, she's also involved in the pest aspect. I'm involved in the soils and the planting and the care and the um, germination of seeds and that type of stuff. So yes, we are doing that. It's, it's going to be quite a f- few weeks. Um, we go in there twice a week for about uh, 10 until 12. And um, the inmates are very excited. I mean, they come with pen and paper to take notes nice. and they they're very excited. They ask very pertinent questions, mm-hmm. and um, and you can see the glow in their eyes, you know. And so it's 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 a very I'm happy at that because that's what I like to share information and have persons utilize that information to do um, what I like to do. Sure. <laughs> so there's a garden at uh, at Golden. Yes. Yeah, the, the 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 couple guy well. What we have seen when we went on our orientation, we saw two gardens. We didn't see the garden over in the ladies' section, Mm -hmm. but we were told there's a garden over there too. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of guys um, who have two beautiful gardens with lots of okra, lots of cucumbers. And I'm saying, when Mr. Crossman and I I went on the orientation, we saw lots of cucumber that was ready to harvest. And guys, you need to harvest this because if they stay too long, the seed is going to get hot. But um, so they're they're growing stuff and they got lots of basil, lots of lemongrass. And these guys, they are, they have a big interest, a high interest in growing crops and they're doing well. Great. Uh, So by the time we are finished, they will have the whole spectrum of soil preparation, seed production, and uh, irrigation, pests, and harvesting, and even topics on how to grow specific crops like cucumber, tomato, eggplant. Mm-hmm. There'll be whole presentations on, on those specific crops. Because while you have basic information, then you have specific information surrounding specific crop mm-hmm. production. Right. So they, and, and they also have a strong interest in grafting. So right after this vegetable crop, program is finished we will be conducting um um workshops on grafting and eventually there are a number of inmates that are interested also in beekeeping and we'll be we'll be doing that also fantastic yeah well i mean grafting is certainly an issue (laughs) of interest (laughs) for me as well we have a neighbor with an amazing avocado tree yes and i did ask whether you know that's something that they'd be inclined to you know allow us to graft and they're like sure yeah. So I said, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> now what? All you do is get a seed, uh, uh, plant that seed, and once the seed has attained a height of about 12 inches, then you could get a piece of that beautiful avocado from your neighbor, and then I'll show you the process when okay. the time is <laughs> right. Like, okay, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly easy mm-hmm. um, approach. Um, again, one of the benefits of grafting is that, well, some of the benefits of grafting is that, one, you get early production. So whereas when you plant mm. from seed, 
uh, trees may take six, seven, eight, 10, 12, as much as 17 years before they start producing fruit. Right. When you graft, you could get fruits in three to five years. Okay. And what's, what's even more fascinating about the grafting is that you get identical fruit. So if mm. you have a fruit that is a tree that produces a fruit f- five pounds in size, mm-hmm. taking piece from that tree and putting it, putting it onto a smaller tree, you will get you will consistent you will consistently get five pound um, fruits. As mm. opposed, to if you plant from seed, you really don't know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna wait a long time before mm-hmm. it, the tree starts producing before you could see what it produces right. and what you get might be totally inferior. Right. So grafting gives you identical fruit and it gives you early production. And in because the tree produces early, they are at a smaller size, so it's easier to harvest. Whereas a tree planted from seed has to attain a significant size to get over the juvenile stage. Mm-hmm. So you will have a pretty large tree and sometimes you have to climb those trees to get fruit. Mm-hmm. Whereas a grafted tree will start bearing three feet, four feet, five feet. You could just stand and harvest fruit. So yes. that's, there's, there, there are lots of benefits with grafted trees. Ah, okay. That, that's that's a, that's very useful information. Yeah, it, is. it is. Now, one of the things um, you had discussed in a previous um interview was that we needed in the Virgin Islands land preparation services and I don't know what what does that mean yeah um and that's significant in your productivity mm-hmm. so land preparation service is is, is first of all there are, there are four processes you it depends on what stage the uh, property or the plant is in it is is in mm-hmm. you have to first cut the grass you have to get rid of that uh, foliage on the land. Mm-hmm. So once the grass is cut, then you come in and uh, you do what is called plowing, plowing, and um, that's where a machine comes in and rips into the soil. And with this process, you get big clogs of soil. Mm-hmm. So those big clogs of soil is not suitable for planting yet. So then you have a, a machine that comes in. It's called the process is called harrowing where the machine comes in and break down those large clogs of soil into smaller clogs. But even after harrowing, that's not good enough. They, you still have some significant large um, uh, soil clumps. Mm-hmm. And then the final process is called um, um, tilling. Mm-hmm. Tilling is where is a final process where the soil is so loose and you could just stick your hand in and just plant a seed or whatever mm. and the soil is very very refined uh very loose so you have plow you have grass cutting plowing harrowing and tilling those are the pr- those are the steps involved in land preparation and if your land is prepared properly it is better for water percolation into the soil mm. it, it it is better for for plant root establishment and once you have proper root establishment, then the plant grows much better mm-hmm. and you'll be more productive in terms of yield. Now, who would even do that? Is that something that is done by Department of Agriculture? Or? The Department of Agriculture has the machinery. That, that's a service that the Department of Agriculture provides. It's called land preparation services. Mm-hmm. But there are individuals who have machinery that do provide this service, not on, on a case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. um, there are about three or four individuals that do provide that service. But the primary entity on St. Croix is the Department of Agriculture that has quite a few of, tr- uh, of those uh, big tractors that mm-hmm. go out. 
and, and with tractors with the implements, the hardware, the tiller, and that type of stuff. So the department is the primary entity. Wow. Okay. We also had, a, a, a as you discussed before, a, a crisis of citrus growing here in the yes, territory. Has, yes. has there been any developments well, <laughs> positive n- in that regard? No, not locally, but I tell you what, I'm very happy. I'm very... Um, I'm looking forward to the day because I read something recently where um, Florida is making a lot of progress. Okay, so citrus in the territory and and specific on St. Croix, we had just about every citrus you could think about. We had Shaddock, we had Tangelo, we had Chironga, we we had Tangerine, we had limes, oranges, grapefruit. We We had all the various citrus growing locally. However, about 20, 25 years ago, here comes a disease um, that devastated the citrus industry here in the territory. And that disease is called Hong Long Bing, or HLB for Hong Long Bing, or citrus greening. Mm-hmm. And um, we have very little citrus growing in the Virgin Islands, known as especially in St. Croix. And it's a disease, is a bacterial disease that's spread by a small insect called an Asian psyllid. So if you have an uh, infested plant, mm-hmm. one infested plant, and you have 20,000 uh, healthy plants, and that, w- that insect, that uh, Asian psyllid, suck that infested plant and go on to suck a healthy plant, they transmit a disease like that. Mm. Okay? So um, Florida red. Uh, is making big progress in the control, the con- controlling of citrus greening. They're not there yet, mm-hmm. but they're very happy. They said in, in another five to ten, in another f- three to five years, they would have, um, uh, I don't want to say conquer, the body would have fine um, conditions suitable for the production of citrus because uh, as, as you know uh, florida is one right. of the two primary citrus states florida and california and california is also very very concerned because they have the insect that transmit the disease but the disease um is very very the, the po- population is very low there now mm-hmm. and they're they uh, one of the their concern is that they have a what you call a citrus depository where they have all the different um, original citrus that they use to cross to get um, new varieties Mm -hmm. and their concern about that depository being um, contaminated and infected which will wipe out a lot of the basic gene genetic material from way back when so they're very concerned about that but uh, again fingers and toes crossed things Mm -hmm. are looking good based on what the folks at the University of Florida is saying so, is there any citrus that can be grown here at all? Um, well, there are persons who have one or two limes here and there, mm-hmm. and there, and then <laughs> random lime. Yeah, there. yeah, and um, they're growing and they're looking kind of good. And I'm saying kind of good because they do have the disease, but they they're thriving. And then we have something called sour orange or sour lime, and that is in. Um, that has been grown around the territory for centuries. And while the tree uh, is not resistant, the, the, the tree is tolerant to the disease. They, they would get a disease, but they are able to tolerate the disease and they will produce, they will still produce fruit. So that's the only citrus that I'm seeing growing now, mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, along with a few limes here and there. 
Um, that plant is very hardy. It tolerates the disease. Um, if you look at the, the leaves, and if you know what to look for, you could see that the tree is totally infested, but they're able to still produce wow. and tolerate the disease and produce um, um, sour orange. And again, sour orange, in my opinion, makes one of the best juice. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and you know, and uh, I have a, a friend who, if she doesn't have sour orange to clean her fish and put on her fish, she, she's totally upset. <laughs> It's a non-starter, it's huh? An, yeah, you know. Uh, she uses lemon sometimes, but sour orange gives her the flavor that she wants. You know, sure. so, so, I mean, but sour orange is a beautiful, uh, strong plant, and there are trees around that have been going for 50 and 60 and 70 years. Some of the, in, on some of the older plantations, you'll still find trees around that mm-hmm. has been going around for that long. Mm-hmm. And still producing. And still producing. Wow. Despite the fact that they do have the disease, but they're tolerant to the disease right. and they're still able to produce. Mm-hmm. Well, you are a member of a variety of organizations and boards and stuff. And used to be. Uh, used to be. Are you still a member of the um, UVI School of Agriculture yes, Advisory Board? Yeah. yeah. Um, in that capacity, can you tell us a little bit more about um, this new business center and what's available for farmers? But, um, the new business center? Yes. Well, that I don't know too much about. I know I read somewhere recently that um, um, there were there was an uh, entity aimed towards um, assisting farmers, but the advisory board what it does is provide assistance and uh, to the dean of agriculture okay. as to the direction that agriculture should go and uh, the school of agriculture. So basically that's what that board is about. It's an advisory board that provide input mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on um, courses to offer, areas of research, well, th- things like that. Do you find that young people, or, or I should say, I shouldn't limit it to the young, yeah. but do you find that there's a great interest in agriculture at the college level? I wish it would be more. Okay. Yeah. When the school of agriculture re-initiated the agriculture program there are only about four or five students as, as talking to mr stafford crossman i think the the registration for this semester is like 20 students so that's from four or five to 20 that's a big increase that's fantastic and um there so they, you have the younger students and you also have some older folks in the community who are registered for agri- in a, the agriculture program okay. uh, and and that's Exciting because I tell you what, yes, the University of the Virgin Islands, Islands is a small school, but they have a lot to offer agriculturally. Mm-hmm. Some beautiful works have been done at the University of, of the Virgin Islands, and folks don't realize, well, folks may or may not know that one of the world's leading cattle, the Senapole cattle, mm-hmm. was developed here in the territory. Then you had the St. Croix Whitehead sheep, which is uh, international. Wow. You know, and then we had a very excellent tilapia program with Dr. Right. Rokosi. Dr. Zimmerman has done significant work on various crops to include sorrel. He has uh, sorrel that he bred at, that's local mm-hmm. uh, bread, and then he will have done some beautiful work on papaya. He has done beautiful work on jicama. There's a lot of work that's been done at the University of the Virgin Islands where agriculture is concerned. Well, time is on the, cl- the clock on the top. We've run out of time. I've had some more questions for you, but that's okay. We'll save it for next time. And next time there'll be a charge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening uh, today. Um, thanks again to our guest, Errol Chichester. Not a problem. And um, My pleasure. Take care and have a great day. 
views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, its board, staff, or underwriters.